Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always, virtually, uh, by my older brother, Michael. It's good to have you back, Mark. Oh, thanks, man. Wasn't really feeling it the last couple weeks. Maybe I had COVID, I don't know. That's not something to joke about. Um, All right, and then my (laughs) other older brother, Matthew. (laughs) It took you 30 seconds. What's that? It took you 30 seconds to make a COVID joke. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, what else are we supposed to do? We're talking to the world. Um, All right, so since the last time we hung out together, um, the Browns released some new jerseys. Going with a more traditional look, I'm curious um, what you guys think of the jerseys. Anything you would have liked to add, or what are your guys' initial thoughts? Love them. I mean, last time we recorded this podcast, the leak had come out um, from Uniwatch that was kind of based on 2018 stuff, and the jerseys that were released were pretty much spot on. So I think you know we kind of got our takes out there, like the the numbers, like the color scheme, um, to the point that Matthew has made over and over again. It would be nice to get some orange pants. Um, I think that would be like a nice finishing touch to round everything out. And um, it seems like that's in the cards. So there's been some strong alluding to orange pants from J.W. Johnson um, from the Browns on like a radio hit or two since the uniforms were released. There was also, and I saw um, in a Building the Browns episode on the table when they were showing the equipment manager, uh, there was a pair of solid orange socks which were not released in any of the like uniform unveilings. So I don't know if they've always had that in the plan. Like, I don't know why they'd have a just single pair of solid orange socks. If that wasn't something that's going to be in the uh, uniform moving forward. Yeah. And even JW Johnson's like quote uh, on that radio hit where he was like, Oh, we had no idea. The fans were so interested in like orange pants. Like we'll get on that right away. We'll call Nike right away. Like it came came across to me as like a little hokey like he thought that he was being being smart and sly that that's actually in in the the platform the jersey platform and they just haven't released it yet like yeah no he was they're not calling really Nike trying to hide anything yeah and, yeah. and redesigning the uniform like like that's just not happening so either you're gonna have orange pants or you're not they're it's just a matter of whether you've unveiled them at this point. I'll be curious to know if they do get unveiled when they choose to unveil them. Is it a big primetime game? Is it a big division game? Is it whatever? Does everything just go to shit because the NFL season gets canceled? <laughs> and like, we'll, we we'll need see. to pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL season yeah. gets canceled. In the hey! Game. Don't worry. We got orange pants, baby. <laughs> orange pants are here. And everything is better. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about the draft. Today, we are recording this uh, podcast on Wednesday. The first round of the draft is tomorrow. Um, It is going to be an interesting draft. There will not be a bunch of people gathered together. It will be done all remotely. Um, So there will be a ton of interesting dynamics with that. should be entertaining to watch. Um, But we have the 10th overall pick. Um, And so we decided, whenever we were thinking about this podcast, we decided to give an ideal first two rounds from each of us. So Michael's going to go through and he's going to say, if he had it his way in Michael's world, what the Browns would do um, 
in the first two rounds of the draft, and then Matthew's going to give the same, and then so am I. So I pose that question to you, Michael. Um, if you had it just your way, how would you want the first two rounds of this draft to go? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to start by saying my biggest fear for the first round, because this is how I operate as a Browns fan. I'm just, I'm just fearful of lots of things. It's how you operate as a person, but it, that may be true. Um, (laughs) that may be true, but I'm fearful that we are going to trade back and hope to trade back even further for a player like Ezra Cleveland, who keeps coming up or Josh Jones, but a second tier offensive tackle that we like in order to get some more uh, mid-round day two type picks um, to round out the team. In general, I'm super supportive of that. I do not want to get caught where kind of in the mid-level where we trade back and have to kind of draft, overdraft one of those guys and maybe only pick up like a late third-round pick. And then we're just moving back a few picks and we then miss out on getting one of those top four guys. Like I don't want to get caught in that no man's land. I either want to get a whole bunch more picks um, and move a good bit back to take one of those guys in a better value area. Um, I'm just worried that we're not going to move that far back and then kind of reach to take that tackle. And I think I might prefer to actually just take one of the top four and not move back from, from 10 in the first place. So that's my framework. So my ideal first two rounds would be trading back, but not that far. So either to 14 or 15, I'll say 15 for the purposes of this deal. So Denver comes up to probably take a wide receiver. We move from 10 to 15 and then pick up their third round pick, which is 77. I think that's pretty much in line with, from a value perspective. Um, We move back five spots and one of the top four tackles is still there. That's my ideal scenario, is we're able to move back, pick up an extra pick, and still get one of those top four tackles. And to be perfectly honest, I don't really care which one it would be at that point. But for the sake of like my ideal, I would say Tristan Wirfs would be the guy that I would want, but I just don't see it being possible that he would be available. I think it's more likely that a Makai Becton or um, an Andrew Thomas might be available in that spot. But any of those top four, I'd be pretty happy with. And then in the second round, I have come around and I am all in wanting Jeremy Chin as the safety. I watched tape on like maybe the top five safeties over the last couple days and just a couple games for each of them. And he pops. Now, granted, he's playing against a little lower level competition, but the competitiveness of that dude and the athleticism of that dude is so enticing. I just can't get over it. So he is like by far my crush for second round and beyond. Love it. All right, Matthew, you got yours. So I I didn't go ahead and forecast any trades in my ideal because I I think that could get out of hand and it's, it's, it's hard to, to be realistic in a trade scenario when you're talking about ideal, right? So um, I I went ahead and had us picking at our our traditional spots, but I think my ideal first two rounds is um, if we're sticking at 10, have Tristan Wirfs fall to us at 10. Um, That athleticism, that movement, that upside, um, 
he's he's young. He's only 21 years old at this point. Um, as are most of these tackles, they're all most mostly the same age. Um, Tristan Wirfs falling to us at 10. Um, and then in my ideal first round, um, at some point the whole broadcast gets hacked by I, I said Russian hackers, maybe, maybe a different um, ethnicity, but just like something go wrong. We've all heard about all the stuff that's been going on at Zoom on people Zoom bombing and people showing their testicles and, and whatnot. <laughs> but that would be just a coup d'etat Roger, on top of this like 2020 draft. Roger Goodell's testicles somehow yes. get broadcast. Yes. Over so, so, uh, uh, a hack into the system, into the broadcast, made it into my 2020 ideal draft. Um, and then in the second round, I actually want to go D-line, I think. I would love to get a guy like um, I was AJ Apensa. Um, would would be great. Epinesa. 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 Yeah, there it is. Um, I think you'd be... I think Mickey be, Becton. Yeah, there you go. Mickey Becton and all... AJ. A pensa. A pensa. Um, <laughs> that would be my ideal. I, I know we need a safety. I think we can find one. I think this um, draft is fairly deep at that position, especially in the, the early mid rounds, the, the second and third round um, type guys. So I think that we can fill a need when we're going to have a need at pass rush here. Maybe not this year, but next year for sure. And you can never have too many of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew, you opened that off, and I, I really respected it. You opened it off with saying it could really get out of hand if you started to include trades. That, my friend, is exactly what I did. So Mark's <laughs> ideal first two rounds, because if you're going to ask an open-ended question like that, like what would my perfect world open or first two rounds, I mean, you could just go crazy with that. Um, so first thing I have happening um, that I would like the Browns to do is trade 10 to 12, similar to your 10 to 15, Michael, and give that pick to the Raiders. Um, the Raiders move up, uh, pick their wide receiver, make sure that no one else can. Um, and then in the compensation, they give us their third round pick. Um, and we get the 81 overall from the Raiders. That's steep for two, two spots. Um, on a draft chart, it is just about exactly with the 81 pick. Jimmy Johnson or Chase Stewart? Jimmy Johnson. Um, it's it's about exactly the compensation that we would get back for it for two slots. I feel like Mike Mayock might be a Jimmy Johnson uh, draft chart type guy. Yep. <laughs> okay, so then we have the 81 overall pick in the third round. We move from 12 to 25 with the Vikings, with the Stefanski connection. They have something working together. Uh, the Vikings are scared. I don't know. Maybe they want to draft Becton. Maybe they want to draft Judy. I don't know. They want to get up there, get a wide receiver, or get a left tackle. Um, at 12 there's a ton of people that they could go for um we could either take the 25 or we could take the 22 they have both of those picks um and so at that position we actually draft in, in compensation for that we get a second from the vikings and we get a third number 58 and 89 so at this point we have two one second and two extra thirds we give away the late second and we give the redskins what they want for trent williams we get our left tackle, who would be the best left tackle in the draft if he was drafted. He is old. He's at the end of his contract. We have the most money in the draft, or in free, or we have the most cap room right now. So we get the left tackle that we know will secure up our line. Um, and then we also trade one of those thirds we got 
for Malik Hooker. Um, maybe we throw in another late round pick, um, but we have to re-sign him to a deal. So then we get our left tackle, we get a safety, and we still have a first round pick at 25. I don't know who we pick. Maybe we fill linebacker. Maybe we pick Patrick Queen. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Patrick Queen, that's what I'm going to say. So now we have our left tackle solidified. We got our safety solidified. We spent a good amount of money, but we haven't lost any picks. We just moved back. And then at the beginning of the second round with the pick that we still have, I'm going to say we pick Jeremy Chin, and now we have two safeties at a position where we had zero going into this weekend. And I think that would be fantastic. Jeremy Chin, also, I was looking into him, Michael, and I agree with you. He is enormous. Everyone talks about how ridiculous of a freak athlete um, Isaiah Simmons is. Jeremy Chin has all of the same measurables as Isaiah Simmons, and he's like nine pounds lighter. That's like the only difference. And it shows on the field. It is so easy to watch his film. Like, you know, you're watching defensive players film and like they're in the backfield, particularly safeties. They're in a different spot lining up on each one. So sometimes it's like marked out or not when you watch like this, like tape. You don't need the marker for Jeremy Chin because he's so much bigger than everybody else that plays on the D2 level. And he's ripped and he's a half a head taller than everybody else. And he wears like number two. And so like it just like sticks out like a sore thumb. It's hilarious. So you said we trade for Malik Hooker and then draft Jeremy Chin. So now we have two safeties when we came in with none. I have a question. How much better is Malik Hooker at this point than Carl Joseph? And I know they play like slightly different safety positions depending on on where you line them up and their skill set isn't the best. But I don't know that Malik Hooker is significantly better than Carl Joseph. They've both kind of struggled to stay on the field. They both have were first high round picks um, that are – potentially not going to be with their same team that drafted them a, a few years later. I, I, I guess my question is, yeah, a third round pick from Malik Hooker, probably not terrible from an upside standpoint, but I don't know that that um, improves us that much in the short term, maybe long term. Yeah. Maybe it does. I don't love the Malik Hooker piece of your ideal scenario. Because I agree with you, Matthew. I don't know that it helps us that much. Because he does he's not on a he's not on that long term of an of a deal. Year. Yeah. And so we he wouldn't be under contract for that much longer. You'd have him definitely for one more year yeah. and you'd have to you'd give have him to the pick option. up the fifth year option at, at right least. Now. But also right now. picking up the fifth year option in a year that the salary cap would assumingly increase significantly. Um, and yeah. it probably wouldn't be and we've of got the, of the other safeties that you could sign at the time, picking up a fifth year option on a safety like that might actually be a decent deal than signing someone out of free agency. I just, I just think that at this point I would rather use that third round pick on a, a safety that we can get and, and develop at this point, even if we draft Jeremy Chin, um, and then use that third round pick that we traded to, to, to build it out. But that, that would be a really intriguing Ideal draft scenario. I mean, then we could have a lot. I mean, not quite as good as Russian testicles, line, but <laughs> or Russian Dales, yeah, we're a big fan of. I know. Um, or uh, linebacker, we could have filled uh, safety and tackle. And I just think Trent Williams is. I know he's old, and I know we have to pay him a lot. But you're not taking any risk at all when you're signing somebody that you know 
is a good left tackle. Well, the risk Except is the injury he's concern. He's had so much injury risk, and he hasn't been on the field in so long. And marrying that with the dollars you would have to guarantee to him because he's going to want a deal like when he walks in the door. Um, all of those things add up to and then what you would look be looking at across our offensive line and the salaries that are committed i just don't feel comfortable with the amount of money that would be invested in the offensive line and the balance would be so much better if we had an a rookie tackle um in that spot and so as i i in the short term from an on-field perspective i think trent williams would be fantastic assuming he could stay healthy and be on the field. I don't know that it's a, I don't like it as an idea long-term for building the team is, is my, is my thought. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that he's 32 scares the crap out of me. And I mean, I know every player is different, but Joe Thomas was 33 when he retired. Like, like people talk about, Oh, Trent Williams, he's 32. He's got multiple pro bowl years left in him. Everybody's different. Every player's different. For Pete's sake, Andrew Whitworth's going to be 40. Jason Peters is 39 or 38, whatever. And so there's certainly people who can play long-term. It's just at this point, I think you take it year by year and you can't assume that you've got a, a, a window of production. I, I think it it's the NFL. Like people don't play for very long. So he's been in the league 10 years. That's a lot. Yeah, Mark, it was a very Phil Savage-like approach to like lean on to lean on the veterans. Who cares about the rookies? Take the sure thing, you know. Get rid of your entire draft. Like, don't worry about the early picks. No, it's okay. I'm not getting rid of my entire draft. I'm only moving back from. No, 10 but to you 22. you also did. And I'm trading. You also away, didn't focus. I'm trading away a third round pick that I got from that, and I gained four more picks in that process in the second and third round. I guess I should have been more clear in my communication. As you described it, you were very clear in which players we were trading for, and you had no idea which players we were going to draft as you were explaining it. So it was more the philosophy. It was more the philosophy of like focusing on the the proven NFL veteran versus like thinking about the rookies because the rookies just don't matter. Uh, You're like ah, Patrick Queen, and I guess in the second round we'll take Jeremy Chin. <laughs> okay, so I have I have three different options for the second round. I have Jeremy Chin. AJ Epinesa Epinesa and then I have Ross uh, Blacklock because I think it'd be great to get an interior defensive lineman and any of those three would be would be fine with me but also it's a gamble yep it always is yep cool it's gonna be exciting either way it will I, be. I mean I've, I feel I, like wait. I feel like this draft for the Browns can go a number of different directions we could we could kind of especially in the first round just I could really see us just staying at 10 and picking a player mm-hmm. um, because the, the way the draft board falls, it, there's going to be a player that can fill a really good need for us. I can also see us, the argument can be made on the flip side that we can move back, collect assets, and still get a player that fills that same need for us later later in the first round. So. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. I know that both of you guys have studied this more than me, especially Michael. I'm interested, Michael. What do you? How far back do you think we could move and still get Ezra Cleveland? Uh, mid twenties. Mid twenties. So we could go like twenty two, yeah. twenty five with the. Yeah, the I think if 
if Ezra Cleveland is the target, and this is actually where my big question comes in, and just what I'm interested in seeing, because I'm going to learn something, I feel like, about our yeah. front office from like seeing how they navigate this first round. But this Ezra Cleveland talk is like stronger than I've heard any team be connected to any player in the past. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if they're planting seeds to like, because we're actually more interested in another player. I don't know if they don't have a good lid on the personnel room and like the head is the guy that we're going after. I feel like there's just a wide array of options and I really don't know. Um, but the testing for Ezra Cleveland is just absolutely off the freaking charts. And um, I think he'd be a perfect fit in the type of scheme. And any player like that that has the physical tools coming in to get molded by Bill Callahan, I think is just a fantastic situation. So I, if that is the guy they want to go after, or maybe it's Josh Jones in a similar range, like I would love them to trade back twice and get multiple picks and kind of end up in the 20 somewhere. Well, that's my, I guess that's a question I have. Would you rather say we move back from 10 to early to mid twenties? Would you rather do that as one big jump and get a bigger, a bigger draft pick compensation in return? Or would you rather do that in two jumps and get multiple later round picks? It's a good question. Because if you do it in two jumps, you're, you're getting third, fourth round picks in compensation, most likely. Where if you do it in one big jump, say we jump to twenty two or twenty five, you can probably get a second rounder. I'd like to get a future first, a future first, like a first for next year. If you do that, and then like a late third round pick, is if you move back far enough. Like I think that's possible. But then you could also, if you do multiple, you could get one pick for this year and then the second trade back can be a, a future pick a, a future a, second or something like especially that. depending on who you're trading with and how they value future well, picks because there's value to be had there if you move really narrowly like you were talking about michael like uh, 10 to 15 mm-hmm. or like i was talking about 10 to 12 then you can go 12 to 25 and that could potentially be a future first round pick next year it's no yeah. Oh, I want to build the war chest. I'm like yeah. definitely interested in this draft, but like I'm all about adding a future like high high pick. Always. Always. All right. Yeah. What's the what's the next question, Mark? All right. So, what I want to hear from each of you is uh, this is just a quick one. Um just give me a bold gut reaction, maybe a hunch that you have or a prediction of what you think is going to happen in this draft. Matthew already kind of did, but he's going to have to go a different direction. You got to come up with another one. Um, what was my bold prediction? Oh, the the, the Russian the, the, the Russian testicles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Russian testicles. That was Matthew's Great. prediction. Um, I'll go first, um, and this is going to be a little off the wall. I think that somehow, in some way, like maybe Roger Goodell's wife, maybe one of his kids, someone's going to boo Roger Goodell while he's making the pick. <laughs> like, maybe it's like his. I don't know. Somehow people are going to have. I read an article that um, someone got a hold of Roger Goodell's address and they were sending it out all across the internet so that people could gather outside, outside his, his house to boo. And boo and see if it gets heard through the telecast, um, which is I just think awful for so many reasons. I mean, group gathering and this poor man. But I can I consider him to be too conservative of an individual to 
actually do this. But the best move of all time would be to just to plan for his wife and kids to like pop in and boo as he like as he enters to announce the first so, pick, like and start the draft. Like it would be so good. So Everyone I don't would just think he'll it. do it, but he has in the last couple years really leaned into the fact that people boo him. Like he's got a good spirit about it. He's got the David Stern where like like David <laughs> yeah. Stern used to like wave people and like try to get them to boo louder. Yeah. I mean yeah. like that is how you have to handle it. And people would love him so much more if he yeah. did. I mean, his own yeah. wife and children booing him straight to his face on a national broadcast yeah. would be amazing. My wife doesn't give a crap about the NFL <laughs> draft. She loves the fact that everybody boos Roger Goodell. I made sure she thinks it's so funny. It was a dream come true last year when the draft was in Nashville. I got there like six hours early so that I could be up close so that my boo could be heard all across the <laughs> the entire country it was a blast that's right i want to go i want to go next so that michael doesn't yeah. steal mine my bold prediction is the browns trade back from 10 to 21 andrew barry makes a deal with his former um former what's the word employer uh team employer team boss. uh boss uh tons of words for it yeah and anything and howie roseman goes back to 21 browns pick up 21 and 53 um Philly's trying to move up ahead of the teams that pick right after us the the Jets the Raiders the Niners the Broncos to get the first wide receiver off the board yep it's my and then who prediction. are the Browns going to take at 21 we take a tackle whether it's Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland or um one of those tackles like in that in that band that we like yep. close to as much as the top guys so my bold prediction does not involve the Browns in any way, shape, or form. My bold prediction is that the New England Patriots, at their current pick, number 23, will select Jalen Hurts in the first round. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me. But it would not shock me. Jalen Hurts, when the first time somebody mentioned that Jalen Hurts could be an option with Bill Belichick, it makes so much sense to me. He has been on the record so many times talking about wanting a quarterback with running ability and to have like that extra element and what that brings to the table and how hard that is to defend. And so I think whoever he wants to tap as the next guy in New England will have that element to his game. They don't have that in New England right now um, in the quarterback room. And Jalen Hurts, everything that anybody's ever said about the guy wired exactly like Nick Saban who's wired exactly like Bill Belichick they're like all the same person all they care about is winning winning all they care about is football and they'll do whatever it takes to to win and I just think that if you've got a guy that you feel that good about and you like can align with like no pick is too high to spend on him even if you know most people assume he's going to be picked in the second round. So that sort of, that wouldn't shock me at all. If, if they end up going Jalen hurts at 23. Wow. It sounds like my worst case scenario being coached by Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. That's like the worst (laughs) football nightmare. And then, (laughs) then you get some Lincoln Riley in there just as a breath of fresh air. Do you really go back to uh, (laughs) Nick Saban, Bill Belichick time? I don't think, I don't think you could. Uh, no, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's great, Michael. That is um, bold. 
very bold. But I, I don't know that it's going to be Jalen Hurts necessarily, and I don't know, but that match like makes sense to me. I am just super interested to see what the Patriots decide to do, though. Like, are they going to go in on a quarterback? Like, are they playing that game or not? Like, are they going to try to move up to take somebody? Like, if Herbert falls a little bit if Tua falls a little bit like are there guys up there at the top that they want to jump all the way up for I mean there was talk of them you know trying to come up and weasel their way in to get Baker a couple years ago like I don't think it's outside the realm of them like jumping way up to the top of the board to get a quarterback they haven't had to think about this and they've they've kind of just taken guys that have fallen their way you know, in the second and third rounds. Well, in I mean, the past even when they, dra- even when they drafted Brady, they weren't thinking about going and getting their guy. Cause they had their guy in drew Bledsoe. They just signed him to a 10 year contract, you know, yep. and they, they happened upon Tom Brady and it, it worked out for the next 20 years. But honestly, yeah, I'm just because of what Michael's talking about is that Tom Brady was like Bill Belichick and that I think that's like all the fitness Bill Belichick requires is like, just just make this your only thing. That's all I ask of you. And that's what Gronk yep. couldn't do, which we haven't talked about yet. Gronk is going to Tampa Bay because he couldn't deal with Bill Belichick any longer. That is the craziest thing. That team has flipped over. Complete, how many primetime games is Tampa Bay going to get next year? I'm just glad the attention's on Tampa Bay and not the Browns anymore. It's like, I feel yep. like they're getting all the national attention that we got last year. It's the same deal. Tampa Bay is going to be interesting to watch. I mean, the weapons they have on offense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, Tom Brady, whoever they roll out of running back. That's conclusive. Yeah. Yeah. But still. We're we're much stronger at right to compare them to our weapons. We're much stronger at running back. We're more balanced across the board, but their receiving options are better than ours, I think, objectively, if you just look at all of them. But I'm curious about, like, what Mike Evans has always been good at is, like, he made Johnny Manziel look great. He made James Winston look all right because you can just chuck it up in the air, and Mike Evans is always going to come down with it. But, like, that's not what Tom Brady does. Like, is Mike Evans going to be able to run, like, and mesh well with Tom Brady? Like, I think Mike Evans... Meshes pretty well with most people, but because he's that good. But I just wondered, like, their style uh, of play that I've seen from both of them don't match, at least on paper, visually, but from the eye test. I don't know. I think Mike Evans is the type of receiver that any quarterback's gonna love because, like, once you figure out how he plays, like, you you can make things happen with him, and, and I'm sure that it'll work out. I agree. Matthew, I agree. He was about to say something. No, I was waiting. Wasn't about to say something. <laughs> His mouth open. Um, all right, so we did this last year. I'm tired. And it's would, late. And we would love to do it again. Um, we each allocated ourselves $1,000 of fake money, and we went to all the prop bets, and we are going to place our money on the draft prop bets and see who comes out on top. I'm going to take this time to plug the fact that I won last year. Um, and so we'll see if I can repeat. Michael always mentions that whenever he's talking about our uh, competition. So take the opportunity. So we'll go in a circle, um, and you guys will each say how much money you're putting on one bet at a time, and we'll go around. If someone says something that you have money on, just hop in whenever it's mentioned. So, Michael, go ahead. What is your first bet? All right. So 
I jumped in on all of these like first um, player taken at a position. And I feel like there's a bunch of, you know, dark horses to be the first player taken at a spot. So I'm going to spread some money evenly across these different types of picks. And the first one I've got is first O-lineman taken. And Andrew Thomas is plus 425. And so I'm going to put $300 on Andrew Thomas being the first offensive lineman taken at plus 425. So I've got that bet as well, but you must have pulled your your lines earlier because I've got Andrew Thomas being the first lineman drafted at plus 550. Oh, we'll take your number. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think how bets work is, is you get the odds that you, that, <laughs> <laughs> that you, you took. So I've got Andrew Thomas being the first O-lineman taken at plus 550. And I've got a uh, hundred bucks on that. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I got my first bet as, uh, over under three and a half dogs shown on the broadcast. And I'm very bullish on this one. There is going to be over three and a half dogs, and I am so confident of that. So I put $400 that there will be at least four dogs in the broadcast, and that's at uh, minus 165. So I put I, I took this because I'm very pro-dog, mm-hmm. um, so I, I had, to, had to bet this line, um, even though it's minus 165, and that's not that, not looking great. <laughs> Um, so I got $200 on that looking to make what, like a hundred. Yeah. It's all right. It'll be a fun one to watch. You get to you like get you a piece of paper next to wherever you're sitting and tally up every dog you see. It's, it's, it's I'll actually ask my wife to do that. She'll be all about that. It's possible that this gets knocked out with one can with there, one draft. Yeah. Beat, there could be a right? house that's got multiple dogs. Yeah, true. Like I mean, Matthew you could just have a, a couch full of you could have a couch full of dogs. If Matthew was a draftee, there'd be at least fifty percent done. Like, yeah, two. It's hundred percent sure my two dumbass dogs are are in, in the, the shot. In the shot. <laughs> For right. Sure. All right. All right, Michael, you're up again. So the next in line is first running back taken. And uh, Jonathan Taylor looked like an enticing number to me. So I said Jonathan Taylor at plus 230 to be the first running back taken. Ooh. And I'm putting $300 on that. So I, I took this, this action too. Um, I put $300 though, not on Jonathan Taylor, on J.K. Dobbins at plus 775 being the first okay. running back taken. I thought about that, but there I feel is much not there is not a solid consensus on who the top running back is in this class, um, and I think J.K. Dobbins is as good as any of them. So why not? All it takes is one team. You said plus seven seventy five. Yep. Dang. I know. Yeah, it, that's it, a good it's number. an enticing number, and I was like, yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Put a lot of. Put a lot of cash on the line for that one, too. 300 bucks. All right, Mark, what's your next one? I'll wait till my next one. Um, all right, so my next one is um, I put $200 down. Um, and this is, honestly, I'm not going to lie. This is a total guess. I'm going to guess that you don't see any pizza in any drafty home. <laughs> um, that, that this is a big deal to all these families, you know, 
So the moms are going to be cooking stuff up in the kitchen themselves. They're going to be home-cooked meals. They're not going to be ordering pizza. Um, this is a big-time event. And so $200 says no pizza at all in any of these drafty homes. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't, yeah, what's the line on that? Yeah, I didn't write it down. I'm looking for it right now. Um, 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 you took no? It's plus 350 Yeah, no pizza. Kay. Plus 350 $200. I think that's $200 down the drain. <laughs> Pizza Hut's an official sponsor of the NFL. There's no way they're getting away with this whole thing without, like, you know, placing some pizza in some draftee's house. For free. But commercials don't count. Faux free. Yeah, commercials don't count, but, like, I know for a fact that they sent a really scathing email to everyone, making it really clear what brands are allowed and what are not, and it's all the official the partners. So it's like, yeah. no Coke, no Coke is allowed in any of the, like, cameras. So, like, those are the things that I'm going to be looking for. It's like, are, are there competing um, brands and people not actually listening to the rules? Nerd um, alert. But, nerd alert. Nerd. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Man. Oh my gosh, that was too mean. Way too mean. Um, so my next one is first wide receiver taken. And I've got Henry Ruggs at plus 400. Ooh, I like that. And I'm putting $300 on that one too. So my whole philosophy was, I think one of these is going to hit between the offensive lineman, the running back and the wide receiver. And so I'm just spreading it out evenly knowing that I'm going to come out ahead. If one of those hits. Ooh, I like, yeah. I mean, from, from those, I would have taken Henry Ruggs too. We've got CD lamb at minus 140 and Jerry Judy at plus 145 right now i think it's a toss-up on which three of those guys are really getting drafted first my thought too i like the line um so i've got 400 bucks on my next pick and this is really a product of something i thought of as my bold prediction i do not think the lions are picking okuda at number three Uh, they they could trade out i think they're gonna draft a different guy so I've got 400 bucks on Simmons going third at plus 1700. I think he is one of the clear top players in the draft. So whether it's somebody moving up to go get him, whether it's the Lions just deciding, you know what? We could use a dynamic playmaker on defense. Simmons plus 1700, $400. I mean, that's a huge payout if that happens. So, like, I see the how enticing that is. I probably but put too much you, money on it. I know. That's what I'm wondering. Why in the world <laughs> did you put so much money on it? Because <laughs> I'm a bold guy. <laughs> and I may have picked just these really just down. moments before we started recording. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I think that if that happens, it probably is more likely that it's just um, – Detroit taking him there. I don't know that someone's going to trade up thinking, you know, that the giants are going to take him at force. So they need to get ahead of him. Like, I just don't think you have to go that high to try to get Isaiah Simmons necessarily. Uh, but it's the NFL draft and literally anything can happen. And there's going to be at least three surprises probably in the top 10 that no one's predicting at the moment. So that could very easily be one of them. That, that seems like a safe enough one to me where if it happens, everybody in hindsight is like, Oh yeah, of course. He was like 
not a quarterback to the Bengals, not Chase Young. Yeah, he's the third best player available. Yeah, so let's just put $400 on it. Yeah, let's just go all in. <laughs> I'm going to make a crap right. ton. I'm going to make 6800 right, bucks. All right, um, that's, good. that's great for you, 6800 Fake money. Love it. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with uh, the question is, who will the number one overall pick hug first? And there's a lot of options, right? You got mom, classic, negative 150. Dad, um, less likely with uh, physical affection, but you got plus 300. Then you got girlfriend at plus 300. Uh, Joe Burrow is dating one Olivia Holtzmatcher, and this relationship has gone back since their Ohio State days. So since Joe Burrow was in Ohio State, so they seem pretty close. I'm not going to lie. They're through. Mark, this is the most in. research you've ever done for our podcast. I just looked like, but there's no doubt this is the most I research you've ever done. Olivia, a hole smatcher. And, uh, and I'm is there a more Ohio name, name than hole smatcher? Hundred percent like Ohio. And I got to say, with Joe Burrow's current situation, I don't think she's going anywhere. I think she'll be seated very, very close, prominently, prominently close to Joe Burrow. Um, and she's going to sneak the first hug in, even if he's going for mama. Uh, <laughs> she's going to sneak in there. So she was plus 300? Plus 300. And I put How much money are you putting on, on it? $200 All right. on Olivia. All right. Mark so my final... You. you go, girl. Sneak that hug in. <laughs> um, my final bet, I only have $100 left, and I'm putting it on Tua Tagovailoa being selected with the sixth overall pick at plus 375. All right. I had a bunch of ones I liked, and I was like, I got to throw $100 somewhere. I just love the idea of him playing in L.A. Like, I just think it would be fun. I want it to happen. And so, and I think it's definitely a possibility. I just don't see how they could not pick him if the Dolphins. Isn't that what Dane said in his mock, too? Um, Maybe. They all meld together for me right now. I have a hard time distinguishing one versus the other. Um, but lots of people definitely have Herbert going to the Dolphins, but it's kind of going back and forth. It depends on who you talk to. Um, so that's plus 375. Yeah. I put 100 bucks on it. Yeah, Dane agrees with you. That's, that's great counsel to be in. Um, all right. I think Matthew's done. Matthew already Matthew gave us done. all of his yeah, picks. I've got all four. I have one more, and I have another additional $200 um, going to the line that. The line is how many people will be in the same room. And the line is nine and a half, which I think is really well placed. And I, I was thinking maybe over, because people are going to be disregarding, but I think maybe they won't show it on the broadcast if there's too many people in the same room, um, just to avoid. And the players don't want to have unnecessary scrutiny right before they're getting drafted. Um, and so I think they're going to take extra precaution. There might be more people around, but they'll be hiding behind cabinets and they won't be in the shop. So I'm going to say under nine and a half people in a room on frame whenever we go into all the different draft rooms. And that line is at plus 105. Everyone's all right. Everyone's follow the rules. I like it. All right. <laughs> Very exciting. At least the producers are going to make sure that it appears that way. Yes, exactly. Um, the draft is here. Any last thoughts going into tomorrow night? Go Browns. 
I'm just nervous. I'm always nervous right before the draft. <laughs> Michael is always nervous. I think we can go back all four seasons of this show, all the all the drafts, and we, we could do a clip of Michael saying, "I'm just so nervous." <laughs> and we'd be like, "2017, 2018. I'm nervous." That's hilarious. I get more worked up for the draft, like from an anxiety standpoint, than I do for like actual games. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, definitely more important. Yeah, it's 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 significant, but I'm excited. I I, I think I j- am just excited to see what Andrew Barry does, and like it's such a blank slate right now. So I feel like we're gonna learn a whole lot uh, after the next few days, and I'm excited to take it all in. Matthew, any closing thoughts for the people? I'm just excited to watch something other than Netflix. To be honest, like like something that's a live drama. That that's that's one of the many reasons why sports is so enticing to people is that it's unscripted and that's it's real drama playing out real time, but it's also trivial and yeah. doesn't actually matter. And so I think the the combination of those two things is really enticing and important right now. So I'm I've got three full days of just entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, wife? Three full days. <laughs> Um, We've never spent more time together, so she really doesn't have a, a yeah, leg to stand on there. Um, yeah, one of the things that I'm excited about in that live drama, it will be dramatic because I think at some point in this new broadcast, they are going to be like, I have no idea what happened there. We lost the feed, like, and they're just, it's going to be, there's going to be trouble throughout these next couple of days because it'll be something uncharted territory that they've never been to before. And so it'll be dramatic. I'm excited about it. Um, but as always, go Browns. That's all I have to say is go Browns. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, be sure that you follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. If you've got any questions or anything you want us to talk about, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Fathers at gmail.com. Um, it'll be an exciting day. We'll come back to you on Friday, um, depending on what happens in the draft, unless some crazy things happen we'll come back right after the first round um but we look forward to being before you guys again here we go brownies here let's we go, go. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all <laughs>